Mr. Benfica is a production of the PTB Media Network. All rights reserved. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, Overcast, Himalaya, Pod Paradise, TuneIn, Breaker, and now available on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and also on Audible for Amazon Prime subscribers. As always, select episodes available on YouTube and, of course, at www.mrbenfica.com. Please like, share, and rate the show on your preferred platform. Enjoy the show. Nation, welcome to episode 138 of Mr. Benfica. You know who this is. This is the Mr. Mike Agustinho here with you again. And I'm sure you know what we're talking about in episode 138. And no, we're not talking about the match with Porto. Not today. I've got plenty of time to talk about that. No, my mood is not going to be dampened talking about that robbery. That happened on Saturday. No, we're going to talk about history that was made on Sunday. Okay, we're going to talk about history that was made on Sunday. Ironically enough, it was history made on a Sunday that here in North America we called Mother's Day. So, very happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms out here in North America. I know the European moms, you celebrated a week early. Er, but uh, happy Mother's Day to all of y'all as well. Moms are the backbone of society. Moms are the rock 
moms are so important for all of us. I know I love mine, and I I know that everyone should love their mom. And um, thank you to all the moms out there for everything you do for all of us. And how fitting that on a North American Mother's Day, Benfica makes not just women's football, but women's sports history at the Stadio de Luz. That's right, at the Stadio de Luz. No, not at the Tapadinha. No, not in Cova da Piedad. No, not at the Seychelles. Not anywhere else at the mythical, at the Catedral, the Stadio de Luz, the Stadium of Light, new Portuguese women's football record attendance, 14,221. And to be honest, I still find that number disappointing. I'm going to be honest. This is going to be the one downer of the whole episode. I find that number disappointing. How many Benfiquistas are there? How many of y'all have daughters? How many of y'all have kids? Now, there's so many positives I'm going to talk about in the next hour or so. But this is, this to me, still a disappointing number. There's no reason we don't get 30,000 people in the Stadio de Luz for this match. Unless, of course, that many tickets were not made available. However, ticket prices, you could not complain about it. People talk about the ticket prices all the time uh, when the men play. There was That was not an issue here. Five euros per person. Sausage for free. How many thousands of sausage live in Greater Lisbon? You're telling me we couldn't have gotten 30,000 people in this stadium I'm sure if 30,000 people had showed up to to demand a ticket, they would have opened 30,000 seats. But hey, gives us something to shoot for next year. Let's do this again. Befica, you know, the board, Rui Costa, Fernando Tavares, the vice president, everybody in charge, take note. Next season's UEFA Women's Champions League matches, when possible, must be at the Luge. We could have a crowd like that several times next season. Um, even on a weeknight, I do believe if we bring a Leon or a Bayern Munich again or a Barcelona, yeah, has anyone watched that team play football? The Barcelona women's football team, absolute gift to to football lovers. If we could bring a team like that to to Portugal next season, we can't put them on the pitch at the Seychelles. It's got to be in the Stadio de Luz. Okay, so Benfica, take notice. It's time to step up. It's time to do this more often. All right, we can get bigger crowds. Befica's bigger than this. We can do it. All right, that is, we're going all positive the rest of the way. This this episode is solely focused on Befica versus Sporting. Okay, round twelve of the championship phase of the women's championship, the Liga BPI, and um, I'll do a I'll do a full season review later before before I go away for the summer. Before I go dark for the summer, if you will, before we take a break, I will do a full review of this season. So we'll talk about some of the matches we missed in that episode today. It's all about this match with Sporting. I'm going to call them Sporting Lisbon. I don't care. Sporting Lisbon. Yes, this Sporting Club de Portugal. But hey, I got nothing but respect for for them as well in this one. And I'm talking about the women's football team in particular. All right. They were gracious. Um, they were gracious in defeat. Uh, their manager... Mariana Cabral, gracious in defeat, and um, it needs to be applauded. Okay, those of you that follow the social media, you saw it. Um, Jessica Silva in the tunnel after the match, wearing her champion's medal, being congratulated by Sporting's captain, Ana Borges, her national team teammate. And, um, you know, I said this, I put this 
in my Instagram story, if you follow me on Instagram at uh, Mr. Befica, of course, you saw this perhaps. And I just said, <laughs> what a better world football is. Or I should say, Portuguese football is in a much better world in women's football because Football Club do Porto does not exist. They are the cause for 90% of the problems in Portuguese football. It all stemmed from that club up there and their president. Everything that that club does comes from their president and from years and years of, dare I say, brainwashing and uh, hate-mongering that that club just thrives on. We saw two rivals here. We saw Benfica and Sporting battle it out on the pitch. We saw hard tackles. We saw a lot of work. We saw players getting into it. We saw words exchanged with the referees. But we never saw anything dirty. We never saw violence in the crowd. We never saw pushing and shoving in the tunnel. We didn't see anybody spitting on anybody. The world is a better place without Football Club do Porto. And Portuguese football would be a much better entity without Football Club do Porto. And that's the last I talked about those animals in this podcast episode. I got plenty of time to talk about them later this week. Um, we're going to keep this on the positive. Like I said, again, uh, two good teams battling it out. A good football match in front of a good crowd. And you noticed that there were fans of both teams in that crowd. And if you might have even noticed that the defeated Lionesses, the Leoish, were saluting both sets of fans as they were walking around the stadium. And they were being applauded by both sets of fans. Yes, it's much easier when you win. I understand that. A year ago, it was the inverse. A year ago, we went into Alvalade to, to fight for the title. A year ago, Sporting were in the lead and only needed a draw. To to guarantee the victory. This time, uh, the, the ball was in our court. We were in our stadium. Yes, we were a bit more lucky in that fans were allowed this year. Last year, they were not. But the match, for me, went almost identically. I mean, Benfica get out to a fast start. And then Sporting forced to be exposed at the back. Benfica countering, uh, exploiting those those gaps, exploiting those uh, openings. And... Uh, Several several of the ladies had phenomenal matches. I'll get into that in this episode, all right? I'm going to take a quick little break here, and then we're going to get right into this episode. We got a lot of sound bits today. Um, I know the quality isn't the best, but I think you get the, you're going to get the message. Um, a lot of it is in Portuguese. You heard at the top there, uh, you heard the final whistle uh, on BTV, uh, Valdemar Duarte calling it, okay, uh, as the referee, as she blew her whistle for full-time. And Befica crowned champions once again, back-to-back, be campeões of the L, of the Liga BPI, excuse me, the LPBI. Um, it was it was a fantastic afternoon of football. No excuse uh, not to have a great, a great afternoon. The weather was beautiful. Sunday afternoon, middle of the afternoon, there could be no complaints. The referee was Felipe Cunha. That's what you heard. There was her blowing her final whistle. The Benfica fans celebrating with the players. It was a great celebration. I mean, I watched it maybe three times. Uh, when it ended, I started. I watched it again, uh, longing for those championship celebrations. Um, just, just fantastic. Also, I got to give some more shout outs before we go forward. Okay, I got to congratulate the women's basketball team. Back-to-back champions as well. B. Campeões, yes, that's right. Be campeões. 
the women's basketball team winning the championship in the same day. Also, uh, congratulations, as always, it seems like, to the men's volleyball team. They uh, they saved my Saturday, if you will. Um, they saved my Saturday after that that debacle of a of a match um, at the Luge. Uh, just an hour, you know, less than an hour, a few minutes later. The volleyball match started. The crowd was hot, absolutely hot. And in straight sets, Befica's men's volleyball team wins the championship for the third year in a row. This was great to do. Straight sets, Sporting had three set points in which they could have extended the match to a fourth set. Befica fought back, finally winning that third set, 27-25, winning the championship. Congratulations, Professor. Marcel Mach, congratulations, mister. Uh, one of the great Benfiquistas in the club is Coach Marcel Matz, the men's volleyball coach, who was also at the women's football match on on Sunday. Um, a true Benfiquista. He, he, he absolutely lives it and breathes it. And uh, one of the best follows on, on Twitter. you got to look him up. I believe it's at Marcel Volley is his his handle find him you'll find me on twitter as well at benfica mister or on my personal account at michael gustino that's at m-i-k-e-a-g-o-s-t-i-n-h-o don't forget also to check out the website um in the process still of updating it but in this off season this summer off season i'm gonna get some more stuff up on that website all right get it ready to go for next year that's of course at www.mrbenfica.com all right we'll be right back we'll get right into this match here on mr benfica episode 138 B And welcome back to Mr. Benfica, episode 138 here on the PTV Media Network. Your host, as always, the Mr. Mike Agostinho. That was Luís Costa Branco of Benfica TV, BTV, on uh, BTV24, um, talking about this championship, talking about Benfica's women's football team winning the second consecutive championship 
in the Liga BPI. And if you want to be technical, okay, if you want to be technical, it's really a three campionat because uh, before that we won the second division title, if you remember that record-breaking year when Befica stormed onto the scene and destroyed everything in its sight. Amazing, very few players are left from that first team. To be honest, if you look at the 11 in this one, the only ones remaining from that first team are that I see. Silvia Revelo, Pauleta, Ana Vitoria, and Andrea Faria. Uh, very, very uh, historic run so far for Befica uh, in women's football. They have been champion of every season that they have played that has been completed. The only season they did not win the league was the season that was canceled due to COVID. It was cut off uh, at about the halfway point. Befica were leading the league at that time. Of course, that's what gave us our first birth into the UEFA Women's Champions League last season. And then last season, we won the first division champion. So we went from second division champion to first division champion to first division back-to-back -back champion. And uh, we had a historic season, as you know, and it culminates here at the Stadio Deluge, where it should culminate. The stage where they belong and where they need to be on much more. All right. The lineup, starting with Mariana Kavral's uh, sporting side. Okay, she's got the Serbian Doris Bacic in goal. Three across the back for Sporting. Bruno Lorenzo is the deep-lying center back with Joana Marchon as the left center back and Carolina Beckert as the right center back. Mariana Rosa and Joana Martins are the two wide wingbacks, if you will, uh, playing wide. And the double pivot in midfield, Fatima Pinto and Andrea Jacinto, a pair of Portugal internationals teaming up there. Uh, with the trio in attack, uh, led by another Portugal international, Diana Silva as the striker. To her right, this Spaniard, Brenda Perez, and to her left, Canadian Chandra Davidson. Benfica plays in their normal Lausanne 4-4-2, Diamond 4-4-2, if you want the translation. Um, American Katie Talbert gets the start in goal once again, and I could not be any happier for Katie Talbert. This was a affirming uh, performance for the American, who has been under a lot of criticism, believe it or not, um, for a goalkeeper who's only surrendered uh, one goal up to this point in the season. Um, she she uh, has been under some heavy criticism by the fan base or certain uh, elements, certain segments of the fan base, I should say. But she had herself a very, very good performance in showing that she does belong here at this level with this team. Uh, the four across the back, the right back is Portugal international, very talented, Catarina Amado. In fact, you got four Portugal internationals across the back. Uh, very easily could be the back four for Portugal at the upcoming Euro 2022. That's because Portugal, it is now official, will be replacing Russia in Euro 2022, the women's Euro, uh, beginning July the 3rd. I will obviously be watching that, and I will be covering it for uh, the Parking the Bus podcast. I'll be covering the women's Euro. You can bet on that. So, Katarina Madu, the right back, the pair, the pair of center backs, Silvia Revelu and Carol Costa, with Lucia Alves as the left back. Uh, she, she's the only one that doesn't start on the national team, but she's there as well. She usually plays behind Sporting, Joana Marchand. But um, I just got to talk about her personal growth um, as a defender. This was a this was a player we brought in from Valadares Gaia 
two seasons ago, after we beat Valadarskaya in the cup final, the, our very first season, okay, at the Jamur, she was the one player on that team that I that impressed me a lot, but she was a forward. Here we are, fast forward two seasons. Actually, it's really been three seasons because COVID ended one of them. Fast forward three seasons. Lucia Alves is our starting left back. And as was was stated in the post-match interview, she was informed, the player with the most minutes this season in this team, Lucia Alves, uh, very, very good left back. And she is definitely worthy of that spot in the national team. And a Benfica through and through. You will hear her words at the end of the poll or in the closing segments of the podcast. I will translate them for you. It's just the kind of stuff that that we Benficistas thrive on. It's just a it's just a heartfelt, uh, a heartfelt message she has, um, and you can tell she speaks from her heart. And this is a a true, true Benficista. The holding midfielder in front of the back four is the always reliable, always consistent Paulita, the Galician. Um, defensive center mid i'm asking when does she get portuguese citizenship and when does she get in the national team uh we saw luis neto the the man uh, sorry francisco neto the manager of the women's national team sitting next to rui costa at this match um when 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 does someone suggest to this player to get her portuguese citizenship so she could play for the selection uh she is the best in this league she's the best I have seen um, in terms of Portuguese players, and whether in the league or on the Portuguese national team, I have not seen anyone better than her in this position. I'm not talking about teams like Barcelona and Lyon and Juventus and Bayern Munich. I'm talking about within the Liga BPI and within the players that are in the national team pool. Nobody is better than Pauleta at that position. And um, she, So she anchors the diamond. To her right, Andrea Fria, the Benfica youth team product. To her left, another Seychelles product, if you will. Another one from the Cantera, Beatriz Camerão. And in the number 10 position, the Brazil international, Ana Vitorio. Again, one of the few that have been here since day one. And she plays behind the two strikers. Of course, uh, Canada's Chloe Lacasse, uh, the star on this team. Actually, both of these, these girls are stars. But Chloe Lacasse is the, is is the big name on this Benfica team. She has put in the big uh, contribution, and of course, our January signing Portuguese international Jessica Silva teams up with her in the attack. Those are the twenty two players that took to the pitch against again. The referee was Felipe uh, Cunha, and the managers, like we said, Felipe Patão for Benfica and Mariana Cabral for Sporting. The match got off to a flying start. Okay, it got off flying. And Sporting came out looking looking for it. Because Sporting, remember, needed to win this match to have any chance of winning the title. And again, I said Sporting are a very talented team. Okay. Um, they should not be overlooked. They should not be disrespected. They play some great football. Uh, had the privilege of watching them play a number of times. I, I watch this league quite a lot. Uh, the the reason I have <laughs> the reason I pay an annual subscription to Canalos is to watch the Liga BPI, and um, I don't regret it for one minute. Uh, the growth of this league has just been phenomenal across the three seasons. Um, 
It's not just Befica and Sporting anymore. Yes, those are the two teams at the top. But Braga and Famalicão, very good teams as well. Of course, Braga were the last champions before Befica won it last year. Braga were the defending champions last year. Braga have beaten, have knocked Befica out of several cup competitions. And Famalicão coming up as well. We've seen money being invested by, by Torres. We've seen Maritimo grow. I mean, this league is getting better and better. And um, UEFA needs to get a secondary competition so we can get more than one team playing European football out of Portugal. That's that's my thing. I say this every time I talk about women's football. You need a Europa League for the women too, UEFA. If anybody's listening, UEFA needs a women's Europa League or something of that effect because it's a crime that only one team can go play in Europe out of this league. Um, at the very least, there should be two. There should be a place for second place, or there should be a place for the cup winner, one or the other. There's got to be a more um, opportunity. And with that, the league could get a better coefficient and qualify more teams. Right now, it's all on Befica to to get that, that coefficient up. But that, you know, again, two good teams, like I said. And Sporting came out flying. They came out on fire. They were moving the ball well. But Befica get a hold of it early. Get a little bit of a counterattack going. The ball goes in deep. Sporting put it out for a corner kick. And very early, we get this. Have a listen here. It's Valdemar Duarte on BTV uh, giving you the the lowdown. Here is the play-by-play of the corner kick. So there you heard it directly from BTV from from Valdemar Duarte also and uh, Sara Almeida Oliveira also helping out on the call. Uh, it was the two of them along with uh, Antonio Pires Vicente. That was the three. That was the three person team that called this match on BTV. Um, you heard the corner there. It was Paulita putting it in the mixer. The ball ends up finding its way across the area, comes and falls to the feet of. Carol Kosha, the center back, standing oh, probably about five or six paces inside the penalty area uh, on the far left side, um, looking towards goal. And as the ball was dropping, she, she smacks the ball perfectly as it's coming down. She had great, great shooting technique, caught it right with the laces, and the ball had eyes. It found its way along the ground, driven low and hard towards the near post. Beating the Spartan defender, I don't remember exactly who it was, who was standing on the post trying to cover it. Uh, the goalkeeper, uh, Basic, came out, uh, didn't get the ball. Um, it ended up beating her over her head. She kind of misplayed it, misjudged it. It found its way to Carol. Carol hits it hard, like I said, along the ground. It finds its way through into the back of the net. And you heard there, even with that lesser quality of audio, I do apologize about that. 
Um, like I said, I've had some issue with some equipment, but um, <laughs> I had said that in the previous episode. But no, you you heard the crowd rise to its feet. The fourteen thousand four hundred, uh, fourteen thousand two hundred twenty one. Excuse me, on their feet, uh, cheering. You could hear them. They sounded like a lot more. And Benfica on the board very very early in this one. Cut all Costa. And she does not score very many times, but she gets on the board here. And she had scored this one in the third minute. And Befica get the early lead. Very, very reminiscent of last season on the final day, except it was at the Alvalade. It was very, very similar, except last season it was Chloe beating a defender and cutting it back for Nicole. Nicole, of course, who we saw in the celebrations not on crutches. She's been running. I've seen video of her running uh, at training and jogging and beginning to do some explosive work. And, and hopefully she will be ready to go come July when we get ready for another run in the Champions League. Uh, again, Benfica medical team doing a great job, it appears, with her recovery there. And speaking of Chloe, she had a big part in this and next one. This is... An absolute fantastic play, and it cannot go understated the importance of the work rate and of backtracking. It starts with Jessica Silva coming all the way back. Uh, she ends up stealing a ball from from uh, Fatima Pinto, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was Fatima Fatima Pinto that had the ball for Sporting. Uh, Jessica Silva works her way back, wins it back, plays it to her teammate, plays it to Lucia Alves. Um, the ball ends up getting played into space in behind for Chloe. Chloe on the run. Chloe beats uh, her marker. She she beats uh, she beats Beckert on the run, and Beckert ends up falling, trying to keep with her. Chloe is in on goal down the left. Uh, she has a few more players to beat, but she doesn't give up. She stays with the play. The ball finally squirts out, finds its way to the late arriving Andrea Fria. Well. Let's let Valdemar tell you about it. Uh, here's how it sounded on BTV. Jessica, agora, um corte da jogadora do Sporting, assistência de Múcia Alves. Múcia para Jessica. Jessica a meter a bola na frente, desmarcação de Múcia Alves. Bola mais na frente, vai desmarcar-se com a Lacasse. Ganha com a Lacasse. É legalíssimo, ainda Chloe pode dar para Múcia. Chloe Lacasse vai arrebatar Chloe. Ainda Chloe Lacasse pode ser o gol, vai ser o gol. E That was Andrea Fria, the Traj Montana, uh, Benfica youth product, getting a goal, getting on the score sheet on this one. 
22-year-old kissing it off of the far post. I mean, you could not have banked it any better off that far upright. She uses the inside of her foot to place it around Basic in the far post. And Benfica quickly ahead, 2-0 in the 12th minute. And it it begins to resemble somewhat of an onslaught for Sporting at that point. Uh, they get a little bit... Uh, they get a little bit, um, just a little drop in concentration after that. Focus drops a little bit. Uh, they showed a few shots uh, of some of the players up in the tribuna, the ones that didn't dress. Notably, their captain, Ana Borges. And she looks like, you know, the look on her face is, that's it for this one. And uh, Mefica really, with, with the momentum of the crowd behind them, okay, really, really played a fantastic first half. And Sporting were made to go on the front foot due to this. And like I said, this left Sporting wide open to be picked apart. This second goal all comes from Sporting, pushing those wing backs up, okay? And then being left behind and having having Beckert uh, behind to try to stay with with Chloe Lacasse. It was never going to happen. It was, it's just such a mismatch in terms of pace. And, you know, it... Chloe just just gets in down the left center channel. She gets on her wheels, like we say, and she is she is flying. Um, like we said, Carolina Becker tries to stay with her. She ends up falling trying to stay with her. I think she was trying to foul her to prevent her from going in. She couldn't. Bruno Lorenz gets there, tries to stop her, can't. Uh, Joana Marchand comes across, tries to help. Uh, and I think Joana Michaud actually clears in her attempt to clear it, place it right into the path of of Andrea Fria and Andrea with sublime placement, like I said, uh, with the inside of her right foot, kissing it off the far post. And Befica just absolutely in delight at this point. The crowd enjoying themselves immensely. And one thing that's really exciting, because when this team debuted, okay, when this team debuted in 20. 18, I want to say it was now. It was in the late summer of 2018. 2018, 19 was the first season. 19, 20 was the canceled season. Yeah, so it was in 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 summer. Maybe it was even September already of 20, not 18, when this team debuted with their first uh, present the sound, their first presentation game. And there was a it was in the Stade Luge, and there were some people there, but it was nothing like this. Um, you know, nobody knew who these players were, and They've gone on to become household names. And what's been really remarkable about this story is all the money that was invested in the team in the first season. We brought in a whole slew of Brazil internationals. Okay. One by one, our homegrown players have, have beat them out for their positions. And this is really the, the full circle moment for this program. Uh, now coming into to this match, winning our second straight championship and having you know, a goal from an Andrea Faria who was in that first season a youth player who who saw minutes in the first team, uh, but she was like 18 years old at the time. It was it's just remarkable that here we are four years later. She scores a huge one, celebrates with the fans, and as the the speaker, you know, the loudspeaker says Andrea, the entire stadium says Faria. These are these players are household names to their fans. I am so proud to be one of them. I'm so proud of this team, and it's it's been so enjoyable to watch this team from day one. 
evolve and grow into this. And I'm so excited for what the future holds because one of the great things I, I'm really enjoying about this is you can actually get emotionally invested in this team and not worry that one good season, half the team is going to be sold off. So you can really see a real growth and you can see a project. And that's why when things weren't going that well at the midseason and fans are on Twitter, first of all, I thought it's phenomenal that I had as many Twitter conversations with as many fans as I did this season about this women's team. Okay, that didn't happen in the first season. Okay, very few people were paying attention. They saw the score lines. They talked about it a little bit, but very few people were watching the ins and outs, the in intricacies of this team. This season, there was a lot of dialogue. Um, there was pressure put on the team by the fan base. No doubt the fan base was unhappy with losing in the League Cup final. Unhappy with being knocked out of the of the Portuguese Cup. Both of those occasions by Braga. Unhappy losing the Super Cup to Sporting. Okay, at the beginning of the season. This thing has just come around full circle. And if you remember, I said this. When we lost to them, I think it was 5-0 if, if my memory serves me correct, in the qualifying phase for this championship. I reminded everybody that what Sporting did was show all their cards in the main, in the match that really did not matter. All you had to do in that stage was come in the top four to qualify for this championship phase. This is where it matters. These 14 rounds, I don't like the format of this league. I'll be honest, I don't like this. I think there should be a proper first division. Everyone plays each other twice. Um, whether it's 12, 14 teams, whatever it is, um, it's a much better format because to some extent, Sporting two years in a row ha do have a valid complaint about that because they've won the matches in the in the qualifying phase, in the, in the first phase, and those get wiped clean at the midpoint. And Benfica have won virtually all the matches in the championship phase, okay? And this is why Benfica now are two-time champions. They've won the ones that mattered. I said that Filippa Patel was not showing her cards in those matches. She was holding back. She was using it to prepare players for what would come later in the season. At that time, the focus was also on Champions League. And I had I had said this. I said that that whole first phase was really a preseason. That was really the preseason for Benfica. It was like a three-month preseason. Um, it started for real when we got to this championship phase. And since the championship phase, Benfica now 12 matches, 12 victories, two to go. Okay, to have the perfect season, if you will, the perfect championship. But again, Benfica just more prepared. Benfica just more well tuned. A little bit of luck as well. I won't. I won't uh, say that it wasn't. Um, some of these goals were fortunate roles. We didn't have that fortune in all these matches. There are matches we struggled to get winners. There were matches where our girls dropped to the level of the opponent and really, really had a hard time eking out 1-0 results. This was not like 2019 where we were winning 7 or 8 to nil in every other match and it came down to just the matches with Braga and with, with Sporting. That was not what happened here. But what we did see is, and, and I know I had frustration throughout the season, which what I was at least viewing as over-rotation by Filippa Patel. I thought her and Andre Val was the other the manager. In case you're wondering, Andre Val, from what I can see, from what I'm understanding, is the the manager that has the, the proper UEFA license and um, is the manager on paper. Uh, Philippe Patel is... 
the one calling the shots, who's still in the process, very much like on in the men's side with Ruben Amorini at Sporting. Very much the same situation, from what I understand. I could be wrong. Please don't quote me on it. It may have changed. But that was my understanding, was that this was the setup I think I had here. Um, but ever since Philippe Paton came in, in charge of this team, in January of 2021, this team has gone straight up. It has been all up since she came in. Last year, she was crucial. I said this a year ago. It was Philippe Paton coming in and the signing of Lele or Leticia as a goalkeeper um, that won the championship last year. This year, Leticia is, is a bit of controversy. I'll get into that when I review the season. Don't like the way it ended. I don't think anyone that follows this team likes the way it ended. Um, she left for unexplained reasons. I only said that it was personal reasons, which is one thing. But then signs with Corinthians within days of leaving. Benfica, to my knowledge, were not compensated for that. And what that did was it put a lot of pressure on the club. Katie Talbert comes in and from the beginning has just been scrutinized. She can't play with their feet, they said. She has no command of her box. She's not a shot stopper. All the things have been said. Like I said, in this match, she she silenced the doubters. She had herself a very, very good game. And uh, I also feel like I got to stick up for a fellow American, of course. Um, and I thought she was so good in this match in the key moments. Um, but if you go really, with that that pivot, sorry, not the pivot, with that Lozano that, that Filippo Paton likes to play, in this match really, really um, used it to perfection to exploit the holes and the weak points in Sporting's game. Of course, without Ana Borges in the team, you know, it forces it forces Joana Martins to play down the right. Okay. A lot of times Joana Martins would play down the left. Um sorry, not down the left. It, it forces Mariana Rosa, excuse me, I'm looking at the team sheet upside down. It forces Mariana Rosa, a young player, to come in and to to try to fill those roles. It, it, it's just not something that that she's able to do. You know, Brenda Perish killed us. At times, both this season and last season, um, until we really locked her in in the in the meaningful matches. Um, but yes, yeah, Sparthing's right side of the field was not any match really for our left side. Um, again, we we looked down our left side and we got Lucia Alves and Beatrice Cameron just absolutely holding it down. Plus Jessica Silva, always always in recovery when needed. She was just an absolute engine in this matchup, just going up and down the pitch, uh, being that link-up play, and opening the space, and what well, the way it really functions is, Befica plays that tight diamond that Lausanne in the middle of the park, those four, and then Jessica and Chloe are kind of free to roam, they exploit the wide position, so the wide channels of the pitch are left for the two wingbacks, Katrina Mad, Lucy Alves, and for the two forwards, Chloe Lacasse and Jessica Silva, really not much of a box presence for Benfica. See, we signed Cassandra, uh, a Swedish international, in the... Uh, I don't remember anymore if it was in the offseason or in the midseason. It might have been in the midseason. Um, it's been such a long season, it's hard to remember. But we signed her. She is a box presence, but Philippa has not used her, has not used a box presence. And the way that it sets up is that with all of the moving parts, it leaves an opening in the middle for... For the midfielders like Ana Vitoria, like Andrea Fria, to get into the attack. And it allows them to come into the box and get on the end of balls that are won. 
and uh, balls that are driven across by Chloe and Jessica. Um, I and many of us that talk about this team a lot thought that this was this was going to go to a four three three at some point this season with Cassandra playing as that box, you know, that box presence target striker, Chloe to one side, Jessica to the other. That never materialized for whatever reason. But in this match, because of that early lead, Benfica really uh, it played right into their hands. And Spartan forced to leave themselves exposed, as we said. And going into the halftime, Bifika in control, moving the ball well. Uh, Beatriz Camero had another opportunity here in the first half. She she found a decent shot, but it was saved by Basic. We go into into halftime, and you know the changes are are, are not made at at halftime. But um, Pauleta does see a yellow card in the thirtieth minute. I should add. And there is one change made, and it's by Sporting. Alicia Correa, uh, player who rarely starts for Sporting, but uh, has been in the in the national team picture for some time. Not really playing, but is there all the time. And uh, we saw her playing for the national team in the, against Germany. I believe she was used in the last qualifier against Germany. Um, and... She was, she was, Alicia Correo is a young player as well. She is, I'm not sure exactly how old she is. She's probably 19 or 20. And uh, she actually has an error here uh, in the 75th minute that's going to lead to Ana Vitoria's goal. Uh, but before that, we get a substitution from Felipe Patón. In comes Valeria Silva to replace injured Lucia Alves. So Lucia Alves gets hurt here. Um, she gets an injury on her face, and they, they follow the, the concussion protocols. Uh, we see her on the gurney. We see her leaving. The crowd applauds in appreciation for her as she as she's carried off the pitch, uh, knowing that you, know, you only have so many stoppages. You do have a number of substitutions, but only three stoppages. So uh, Philippa opts for the double sw switch here, the double substitution. And uh, Valeria will replace Lucia and Kika. Remember Kika? Uh, Kika has had her... She's an absolute superstar as well. She's a future star in this game. Um, I think when it's all said and done, she's going to be the shining example of what of what Befica can develop in the women's game. The type of star and the type of footballer that can be developed in the Cantera, uh, even on the women's side. And I think she's going to be the one that we sell at some point. I think I don't think it's going to happen yet. She she took a step back this season due to injuries. Every time she went to the national team, she came back injured. Uh, hopefully, she's going to be healthy now and be able to show her her value at Euro 2022. But um, she comes on. She replaces Andrea Fria, who puts in a very good shift. 63 minutes for the the Vila Real native. Um, the Trashmontana, and she's replaced by by Kika Nazareth. Um, Kika comes on, and again, just skill, oozing skill. Um, again, she's not at the level she was at last year, where she, as a what looked like a little kid on the pitch, could just take over. And we saw her score a number of goals in this championship phase last year. Didn't play out that way for her this year, but but uh, the rest of the team played at a higher level in my opinion and she, it was also not required from her she had a very good first half of the season looked great in the champions league and then started battling some injuries 
She comes on. Uh, Carolina Beckert gets a yellow card in the 69th for Sporting. Jessica Silva picks up a yellow card of her own in the 72nd. And uh, after a hard day's work and putting in a lot of kilometers, Jessica is substituted at 73rd minute. On comes Nigerian international uh, Christy Uchebi for Jessica Silva. Jessica gets a standing ovation. Um, it's five substitutions and four stoppages that are allowed. I need to, to uh, reiterate. I, I think I misspoke just a few moments ago. Uh, she comes out to a loud ovation. And two minutes later, here it is. Um, a nice play and some good combination play. The ball ends up in the sporting area. And like I said, uh, Alicia Correa kind of takes a bad touch, which plays right in to the press that that Ana Vitoria is applying. And here's Valdemar Duarte one more time with another goal call. Ana Vitoria makes it 3-0 to Benfica, and at this time, you can get the champagne ready. Get the giant sag bottles of champagne ready, because Benfica were ready to celebrate 3-0. This was in the 75th minute, and the stadium was ready to celebrate another championship. Uh, Mariana Cabral will make a substitution two minutes later. She's going to bring on Vera Seed and Anatelsh for Carolina Beckert and Joana Martins. Fatima Pinto would see a yellow card in the 81st minute. Uh, a couple more substitutions to get some players the much-deserved standing ovation. These came in the 87th minute. Felipe Patel sends on Maria Negrão to replace Beatriz Camero and... Chloe Lacasse is replaced in that same moment uh, by uh, Anna Saisa. The center back enters for the the striker. And, you know, there's a little bit of reshuffling that goes on. But she gets some more people on to the pitch. And in the 90th minute, though, we get a a little bit of a, uh, of a damper, if you will, as Sporting attacking. And Diana Silva, who had been kept quiet all match, to be perfectly honest, the Portugal uh, international striker for Sporting finally gets into the box. And Catarina Amado makes a kind of poor decision, um, kind of jumps the gun a little bit, sticks her leg out, and she brings down her national team teammate, leading to a penalty kick. And uh, I had to put this in here. Let's have a, a listen to this penalty kick. And this fantastic save for the for the very, very deserved Katie Talbert. Um, this is her moment right here. Uh, she reads it well. She took a lot of criticism 
for losing the penalty shootout to Braga in the League Cup final. But on this one, she got everything right. She read it perfectly. She guessed correctly, uh, reading the body language of Joanna Marchand. And she gets her hand up very, very quickly in order to make the save. Let's have one more, uh, one more little bit of commentary from Valdemar and from Sara in the booth as uh, they call this penalty save by Katie Talbert. Katie Talbert, monumental, to to quote uh, Valdemar Duarte there. And, uh, you know, you heard Sara Oliveira as well uh, talk, use the same term, monumental, monumental. This, I mean, Katie goes to her left. Uh, she guesses right. She reads the body right and then gets that right hand up real fast because this ball was coming with serious heat. But she gets that, that hand up fast. And she deflects this penalty kick up and over the bar, bringing a roar to the crowd and some much-needed appreciation for the American goalkeeper. She would be disserviced, though, just a few moments later in the 90th plus 8. Lots of stoppage time added. A lot of it came from from Lucia Alves' injury. She was down for quite a while. Um, but there's a scramble in the area. The ball is served in. Caitlin comes out for it. She's undercut by a Sporting player. Uh, I don't remember who it was, if it was Diana Silva or who it was. She's undercut, so she can't really make much of the ball. She parries it away as she's having her legs taken out. But the ball falls to Andrea Jacinto of Sporting, and the Portugal international hits the ball. It's heading towards goal, and what is probably the most ridiculous um, Bit of referee. I had little complaints about the referee in this one, but this was she really dropped the ball here, and I really think the referee just kind of let it go because it was the 98th minute and she was about to whistle for full time. But the ball goes in off of Fatima Pintu, who is standing or laying, not even standing. She's laying on the ground. I mean, it was a pile up of bodies, but she is on the ground. Very much in an offside uh, position. The only player in front of her or behind her, you know, between her and the goal line, was Christy Uchebi. The goalkeeper, Creighton Talbert, was on the ground in front of her, as was every other Befica player. There was nobody keeping her onside. Uh, originally, I thought they had given the ball to uh, the, goal, the goal, excuse me, to Andrea Jacinto and said that that Fatima Pinto did not have a a influence in the goal, and that's why it stood. That, although wrong, would have made sense. However, on sofa score here, it does say that Fatima Pinto is the goal scorer. Makes no sense, but does not matter because as soon as the ball is put back into play, it is whistled three times for a full time. It's the sound you heard at the very top of the episode. Befica celebrates uh, another championship, the second straight Liga BPI title, B Gumpianch, and they're going to chant that over and over and over. Kika's going to get the microphone and do her best Renata Sanchez impersonation in seeing the crowd. 
Silvia Rebelo, the captain, will raise the trophy after everyone gets their medals from Humberto Coelho, who happens to be a Benfica legend as well. Uh, did not see Monica Jorge in the in the in the comitiva here, uh, which is unusual. You usually see Monica Jorge. Those of you that don't know, Monica Jorge, someone I've had the pleasure of meeting in the past, is the former Portugal women's national team who now works for the federation. Um, as, uh, I think as a technical director or something along those lines. But she's usually the one distributing medals, handing out trophies. Um, it was Humberto Coelho at this, uh, in this instance. Uh, again, the crowd just, just loving it. Uh, a lot of moments really were, were fantastic. If you follow me on Twitter or on Instagram, that's at Befica Mr. or at Mr. Befica, depending which platform you're looking at. On Twitter, it's at Mr. It's at Befica Mr. On Instagram, it's at Mr. Befica. The this women's team has owned my timeline, owned my stories uh, ever since this match. For the for the most part, some of the coolest scenes I'm seeing uh, is the way these players are being received by fans. But the best, I mean, I shared one, and I don't know who put it out originally, but I shared one, and it is Kika. You know, just. Ever the superstar, a little boy runs onto the field, and I think that's so awesome that we have little boys looking up to these female athletes. I mean, this is just everything that this sport is about, and everything that's good about football is encompassed in this team and in this fan base with this team, and in the connection that these players have with these fans. And I include myself in that. I feel a connection to this team. These are players that anytime you you tag them in something and say good job, they take the time to say thank you. There 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 is something there. The the the, the we've complained for years that Befica that the players seem so far from the fan base that they seem inaccessible. It's the opposite with this with this women's football team and it's also true in the modalidades. I've gotten responses from Carlos Nicolia in the last year. I've gotten responses from basketball players, okay? And I almost always get responses from these girls. No matter what you anytime you congratulate them, anytime you say anything. They are gracious. They enjoy uh being professionals. They enjoy being benfiquistas. They enjoy uh your support. And the coolest thing was the little boy running onto the field, security trying to come after him, and Kika just telling security, "Calma, calma," you know, she's calm down. She she calls the boy in, gives him a hug, you know, lets him have his moment, and then picks him up, carries him over to where his family is, lifts him up over the wall, gives him back to his family, and um, it's just everything that's good about football, right there. Uh, Kika's a remarkable person, and um, I hope her parents are very, very proud of her. They've obviously done a very good job in raising her. And it's just another one that really I get I get a little choked up because you can feel it and you can hear it in their voice. I want you to listen right now. You don't need to understand Portuguese to really understand this. Um, Sara Oliveira, again, of BTV, is talking to, to Lucia Alves. And she's talking about, you know, what it's like to to be. First of all, she tells her that that um, she she's the player with the most minutes this season. But she asks her at one point here what it's like to to do this in the Stadio de Luge. And 
Lucia gets all choked up saying this is something she dreamed of her whole life and she says this is this is my club this is my home she says esta é minha ca- esta é minha casa this is my house this is my home and she goes on to say maybe the most poignant quote of the entire weekend and she said from the moment I'll translate it for you now but hear it in her words as she fights the tears and she said from the moment I came to this club I promised to give my heart and soul, to give everything to this club, to this uniform, to this badge. And the fans know that I have done that. And yes, you have, Lucia. Obrigado, Lucia. Um, this is what it means to be a Befiquista. A lot of the men's footballers need to take note because they are lacking this. Have a listen. Sí, sí. That is what it means right there. Lucia Alves, just perfect example of what it means to be a Benfica, what it means to feel Benfica, to be Benfica, to have it in your blood. And she said it right there. You know, I, I, she believes everyone can see that she has done what she promised. She's given it all for the club, for the jersey. And uh, that, for me, was one of the more poignant, poignant moments of the whole celebration. And, I mean, how do you not? How do you not just love that? And um, how do you just not love this team? Okay, if you're not watching yet, you should be. This is everything. This is, we always talk about a mystica. We always talk about the Befica. We grew up with our father, our parents' Befica, our father's Befica, our grandfather's Befica, and conquering things. and over- This is what these girls have done. This is Befica in its purest purest form. I cannot stress that enough. And of course, I can't get out of here without letting you hear from the ambassador, if you will, to all of us English language, all of us that you know listen to the content, that create the content, that follow this team, and that you know speak English as a first language. None other than the Canadian Chloe Lacasse. Here's her post-game comments to Susanna Caru on BTV also. And, and shout to, to Susanna uh, for for asking these questions in English, um, it's not easy to to do that. And you know, there's I don't know too many English language people in her job that could have done the reverse. You know, that could have that. There's very few that can ask the questions in in foreign languages that are English. Uh, you know, first native born English speaker. So so props to Susanna Kahu here. But here's Chloe Lacasse. <laughs> Champion for Benfica, but uh, how does it feel to be champion here in the stadium? 
This is such an incredible moment for us. Uh, we knew coming into this game it was going to be difficult, but we knew the Benfiquistas would show up for us, and it was an incredible moment. We're so happy to be champions now. It was a long season. Uh, this all, this environment, uh, it's worth it. It's worth that. Definitely. I mean, we've done so well this year. We progressed women's football here with Champions League, and now winning this is so important for us to continue our legacy and continue to grow the game. You achieved this title here in the stadium with uh, all this uh, crowd, but you won Sporting, one of the most difficult, uh, one of the most difficult teams uh, in the championship, and for three-one, so it was uh, really a good game for you, also. Of course, beating Sporting is always a little bit better, right? And we got to do it here at home. For me in Portugal, there's nothing better than that, right? So we're gonna be very excited. We're gonna celebrate tonight. It's none other than the legend. That is the symbol of Benfica, especially in the English-speaking world. That's Chloe Lacasse, and uh, certainly she's going to go down in the history of this club, and I think she has written her name uh, in the long-term history of this club, especially in this women's football department, and one of the real pioneers who helped put this club on the map. And again, so we're so indebted to her service uh, coming over two seasons ago and it has been just an absolute uh pleasure to watch her play and, and the commentary team mentioned on BTV you know her evolution as a player as well this season um growing into a more not a more but she I think she just became more familiar with her team and it was a le and I think I it, just like with Kika I think the team around them got they raised their game and it, and this year the team relied less on any one player it was a more collective it was a it was year two of this program i i really think that's the best way to ex to explain it is you know philippa comes in and picks up picks up the team you know what we're looking at it was 16 months ago now and last year was phase one and we won the championship we relied a little more i think on individual performances last year but this year the collective really filled in, especially here in the final stages. And also, we were very good in the UEFA Champions League, uh, in the UEFA Women's Champions League. I cannot continue to understate how strong the teams we faced were and how well we played and how respectable of a performance we put up against some well-established team. This is a club, okay, and this is a team whose women's football department is four years old that cannot be understated and one of the big reasons we we've risen to the top so fast in our own league and in portuguese football is right there that's chloe lacasse before we go let's uh let's look at the table now it's not final yet there's still two rounds to play but after 12 rounds Mefica lead with 36 points a perfect 36 points 32 goals four two against and they are crowned champions um having the head-to-head -head advantage on sporting um, Sporting unable now to 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 catch us. Sporting with thirty points. Uh, Braga sit third with twenty two points. Fumalico uh, fourth with twenty one. Just one point behind their rivals. Fumalico is our next opponent coming up this weekend on the fifteenth of May. Um, up in Villanova, Fumalico on that unfortunately on that that artificial surface, which is always uh, dangerous. Hopefully. Um, I want to see the team obviously finish the perfect perfect season or the perfect round, if you will, the perfect uh, final round. But hopefully everybody comes out of there unscathed. 
Uh, Maritimu right now sitting in fifth place. Good season for them. They have 18 points from 12 matches. Uh, Tuchiens, I spoke of them a little while ago. Uh, some big investment, and they have, you know, they'll be obviously all these eight teams will be staying in the first division. Uh, Tuchiens have 13 points. They are in sixth place. Vila Verdes, Lank Vila Verdes to be exact, if you want to include their corporate sponsor. Uh, they sit in seventh right now with three points. We will finish the season with them uh, at home, assuming that is at uh, Cova de Piedad. Perhaps it's at the Seychelles. Not sure. Uh, this match this Sunday was the final match this season at Stadio de Luz. That's right. We are almost. The season is just about over. And then Club Albergeria sits in eighth place with one point in this round. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode 138. A little programming note. Um, we're not done talking about the women's team. Like I said, I'll come back with a full season review still before uh, before I take some time off in the summer. So much needed time. Um, but I'll review the entire season. We've got two more matches to talk about. I plan on on talking about them. We've got uh, more we've got more championships coming as well. We got the w women's futsal is is still playing. We've got the men's basketball playoffs coming up. Men's futsal playoffs coming up. Okay. Uh we've also got we've also got uh the men's handball team going into the EHF Cup uh final four hosting it in Lisbon. Okay, I believe that's going to be at the Pavilion Atlantic or whatever it's called now the Altice Arena I think is now the name of that of that location. Uh the final four if you're hosting it, who knows? Maybe history can be made in handball as well. Um, I hope I'm not leaving anyone out. Of course, I have to also extend congratulations to the women's water polo team from Mefica. Back to back to back. Three-peat champions. They won the title this past weekend as well. And um, still, I will come back and talk about that, that absolute robbery. That was the men's match with Porto. I'll also be here with another episode at some point to talk about the the triumph in the UEFA Youth League and evaluate the guys there, evaluate the kids and where I see some of them going and what I hope comes and does not come of this um, this triumph. I'll talk about that and uh, maybe a few more special topics before we call it a season. But season four, winding down here on Mr. Befica. Thank you for joining me once again. Don't forget, as always, follow the social media. It's it's at Befica Mister on Twitter, Mister at Mister Befica on Instagram. There's also a Facebook page there on www.facebook.com forward slash Mister Befica, www.mrbefica.com. Like I said, I'm gonna be putting some some work in to get that up to date, get more episodes up there. Uh, also, you know, a uh, big thank you. I can't, I can't, I can't sign off without thanking the fellas over at Befica Podcast, uh, Alfredo, Cristiano, Dave. Uh, tweeting out after, of course, tweeting out their congratulations to this women's team and then telling all y'all, if you want more coverage, to check out Benfica Independent and yours truly, Mr. Benfica, uh, for more coverage on this team. I, I appreciate the shout, guys. Um, again, they are they are the OGs. They are the godfathers of this whole Benfica podcast, podcasting movement. Uh, they started something phenomenal. And it really is one a great big family of uh, content creators here at Befica. Shout out to everybody that, that gives their time to talk Befica, no matter what it's about. You know, Vizão Vermelho, Continue Benfica. You know, everybody over at Befica Independent, Benfica FM. I, there's so many. You be God, Benfica. There's so many out there, okay? 
Um, I can't. I it's getting to the point where I can't list them all. Benfica after ninety, of course, my good friends up there. Um, just just check it all out. Sink minutes are Benfica. There, it's all out there. Listen, there's so much so much content. Um, you don't need you don't need to to listen to mainstream Portuguese media and their BS. That's for sure. Uh, we've all got you covered here, okay, uh, in the independent realm, in the the alternative media realm. All right, so I'm going to sign off now. Again, thank you to everyone who listened. I'll be back in a couple days to talk about some other things, and uh, we'll uh, keep crawling our way to the finish line and closing out this season four uh, of Mr. Benfica. I'm the Mr. Mike Agustino, and I'll catch you next time here on Mr. Benfica. Number one and nothing less Lead me to my destiny I have waited patiently I have vision, though I believe I know I can count on me So stand up for the champions For the champions, stand up Stand up, stand up For the champions, for the champions Stand up for the champions, for the champions Stand up, stand up, stand up For the champions, for the champions Stand up Here we go, it's getting close Now it's just who wants it most It's just life that's Champions for the champions stand